Yo, yo, what's going on, Deepak Bropra? It's your boy, Jerry, the TRX for Washington here at General Fitness Company Studio. Today is March, March, November 29th, 2021. And it's uh, Monday. <laughs> I forgot about that part. It's season eight, episode 132. And today, yeah, I, I, that little Deepak Bropra, that was actually a little allusion to what we're going to be talking about today. Today, I grabbed a book off my shelf that I haven't read in a little while uh, that I you know, just felt like I needed to get back to. Sometimes, you know, it's just like I look over, I'm like, this book is it's calling to me. So uh, it's a book that I've read, you know, a few times, not necessarily all the way through, because <laughs> that's not how I read books. I actually, uh, I haven't quite edited the actual episode, but I did have like a little bit of a uh, of a, a tangent I went off on on how I read books. So I'm not sure if I'll leave that in there or not yet, but uh, I'll, I'll listen to it and we'll, we'll find out. But anyways, I, I read books uh, very interestingly, and uh, I just got back to this book. And it, it was really an interesting book. The book is called um, Your Body is Your Brain, and it's by Amanda Blake. And it's an interesting book about the uh, your somatic intelligence. And now somatic intelligence is a relatively uh, new phenomenon, not phenomenon, but a relatively new study. Uh, people are starting to look into how our mind, how our minds uh, interact, or how our thoughts interact with our body and create uh, manifestations uh, through our movements. Uh, through our uh, our, our uh, postures, as well as uh, even our uh, our achievement, you know, sometimes even the, like your your thoughts uh, can affect your posture, which can affect your achievement. And I I talk about that a little bit in today's episode. So I think this is a really interesting episode. If you ever were like thought about like how your brain and body connect, uh, what is it? What is the representation of your body on your brain and what do your emotions and hormones have to do with your uh your level of success or not to mention so what do your teenage years have to do with your breathing today <laughs> yeah and i'm not talking about that funky stuff that you might have smoked back in the day <laughs> i'm talking about actual puberty and what did it have to do with and how did it actually how does it actually pertain to uh maybe complications you may be having today with your breathing hmm yeah fun times in this episode so anyways without further ado episode number 132 season eight we'll call this one your thoughts are in control Lego.
Here we go. We're back. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I'm feeling pretty good, well rested, and uh, you know, I feel like I, uh, I got a lot of stuff just done in general. You know, I just had some stuff in my mind that I needed to get off my chest. <laughs> I don't know if that sounded right, but you get what I'm saying. Stuff on my mind I needed to get off my chest. <laughs> Uh, something like that. You know what I'm trying to say. I just I, I had a good time with my family, and you know, it's just good to see everybody. Sometimes it's just good to see people. You don't even have to do anything, you know. You don't have to do anything special or anything like that. And you know, sometimes it doesn't even have to be like a uh, Thanksgiving feast. Sometimes it could just be like a turkey sandwich and family, and life is good. But anyways, let's go and get into this. Let's get into this episode today. So there's a couple questions here for you. Is your is your brain your body or is your body your brain or is it just a part of your body huh that's a good question right uh is it true now is it true that your body is mapped onto your brain it's just some things to think about and obviously uh the first two are more philosophical and we might never have the actual answer to that. But the third one is not philosophical. And I don't know if you do know this, but yes, there is a map of your body on your brain. Not necessarily on your brain. You're not going to open up a skull and see, oh, there goes the eyes and all that stuff. Uh, but what you will do if you go into a functional MRI, uh, you will see that where the different parts of your body actually correlate into your brain and they actually have made a specific map not necessarily like a map map but it's called the homunculus brain and what that actually is you know homunculus is a representation of a like it's like a small body representation of a body so it's like like figurine figurines are i guess a type of a homunculus so anyways uh they call this homunculus uh brain and it's interesting, if you've ever seen it, I would encourage you to look it up. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but the homunculus brain is actually, uh, or the homunculus body, uh, which is represented on the brain, or the homunculus brain, is, which is represented on the body. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's funny looking, uh, because if you think about how we perceive, right, how our, how our senses work, we have a lot of sensory organs or a lot of sensory nerves in our tongue and in our hands. So in this like little figure, the tongue is really big, the eyes are really big, and the hands are really big, uh, and the feet are really uh, the feet. Well, the feet are not that small, but the legs are small. Like this is actually. You know, there's there's not a lot of nerve endings in certain areas. In other areas, there's a, a whole heap of of nerve endings. Uh, so, uh, the homunculus brain or homunculus body—I can't remember which one it's called—is an actually interesting representation of how we think, how not how we think, but how we feel, how we perceive the world, at least through our senses. So, that's just uh, you know, that just kind of shows that some hearts are more sensitive than others. But what about the, the brain as a whole? You know, that's something to think about, right? Like your hormones and your emotions, like what role, if any, do they actually play in our physical health? Well, you probably know they do have some kind of, you know, some kind of like uh, uh, effect on us as a whole. Uh, so how about this? You know, uh, uh, here's a, um, 
a, a survey that I found online of the of those stu- surveyed in a study by the National in- Institutes of Health, aka the NIH. Forty-two point seven percent of the frontline nurses who worked during the pandemic reported somatic symptoms or physical manifestations of stress. So, somatics. What is somatics? Well, somatics. Somatic is. It comes from the Latin word soma, meaning uh, something pertaining to the body, not necessarily including the mind. So it's kind of interesting because, you know, lately experts have, they find it harder and harder to create that separation of the brain and the body or the mind and the body. The brain might be a little, well, the brain is the brain and the mind is the mind. Now, obviously, the mind is more encompassing. So we'll just talk about the brain in the physical sense. So. Lately, as I said, experts have been saying that, you know, that uh, we are starting to understand our thoughts and the way our thoughts affect our lives in a different way than it used to. For instance, nowadays, uh, they believe that our thoughts can actually alter our DNA. Yeah, alter our DNA, like alter our cells. uh, this is actually is called epigenetics. Now, this is a, this is a, this is actual a legitimate study where people actually are looking into how our thoughts actually affect our our genetics and do our thoughts create uh, manifestations outside of you know, what we saw with the, you know, what we just heard about from the sur- survey where people had neck and shoulder pain. Can you get cancer from your thoughts? Now, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an epigeneticist. Uh, so far, uh, it seems to be epigenetics is kind of on the fringe of science. It's still widely regarded as something that is being studied (laughs) so to speak but it's not widely regarded as something that uh can be utilized by the the medical field as we know it today maybe sometime in the future uh, but right now as we look at epigenetics it just seems that uh, it's more of a fringe science but you know there's been things throughout history throughout our human history that started off as fringe science that are just pretty much uh, what it is today. Like, for instance, uh, I can't remember his name. I was just actually looking this up uh, the other day, randomly. I don't know why, but the guy that in- invented ha- hand-washing, actually, the guy invented hand-washing, people didn't believe him for a long time. Uh, yeah, they didn't believe that hand-washing actually helped prevent diseases for a long time. So uh, this guy, this doctor, he... Uh, he you know, he found that delivering babies uh, with washed hands actually helps uh, reduce the uh, the death rate of the mothers. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't remember his name. I had to actually look look into it. Uh, Ignaz Philip Samuelweis, and he was actually uh, the like I said was described as a savior of mothers because he was the first guy that realized that you know you wash your hands and that helps 
you know, helps prevent, uh, 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 what do you call it, the uh, transmission of, you know, diseases and stuff, right? I mean, for lack of better words, but you get what, you know, we all know why we wash hands nowadays. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was one of those things back in the days that we just didn't even think. In fact, the interesting thing about this gentleman, or the almost ironic thing, I guess this could be ironic, I'm not sure. But anyways, uh, they didn't believe him for a long time. And in fact, I don't believe they actually believed him until after his death about, uh, you know, the... Uh, the effects of hand washing, <laughs> you know, essentially, uh, then you know the numbers were there, but for some reason, just people didn't believe him. I don't know. It's, just, it's hard to, I don't know. It's hard to change minds, as you know nowadays. If you are just anywhere, any <laughs> somewhat aware of what's going on in the medical and uh, public community at large, uh, but anyways. Uh, uh, the public health, you know. Uh, but anyways, uh, the story here that I wanted to get to is that, you know, this guy, he um, became a little disillusioned and uh, they believe it might have been Alzheimer's, but it could have been just like depression because, you know, he clearly knew he was right <laughs> about the hand washing, but nobody believed him. And people actually tried to discredit him and they said a lot of nasty things about him. So, you know, eventually this guy was uh, in, put into a mental institution and died at the age of 47 from, guess what he died from? An infection in his hands. He was beaten so severely in the, in the, uh, in the uh, institution that he uh, died of an infection in his hands. So that's pretty ironic, I think, or just unfortunate at the very minimum. But, yeah, the point is that, like, who knows what, you know, what epigenetics really is. But for the time being, I'm not sure about, uh, I'm not very sure about it. It could be the case, but I'm not so sure. I I just don't know about the legitimacy of uh, epigenetics right now or if it ever will be legit. But what I do know, though, is that there is... um, our, our our thoughts of, our, our do affect our body, right? As I said before, you know, they had this, this somatic response or the phys- physiological response uh, to stress. You know, people had neck and shoulder issues. And it's been known, obviously, you know that if you have certain thoughts, you have certain physical manifestations. So it's not that far reaching to have, or it's not that far reaching to actually think about uh, your brain affecting your body or having your internal and external environment be something that your body adapts to. Let's say, for instance, let's, let's, let's consider the following. All right. Someone is self-conscious about their height at maybe a young age. So uh, to fit in with the rest of the crew, because, you know, at a young age, especially if you're like maybe 13, 14, those are like the prime years of when you're trying to fit in. Uh, maybe they, they stoop their posture, all right? So they try to get a little shorter so they can fit in with their, with the, uh, with their friends or with, their, with the in crowd. Uh, the, but the problem is, or the issue with this is, is even though they might fit in in the in crowd, uh, that posture be- eventually becomes a learned posture. And that learned posture uh, affects a lot of things, right? If you're not sitting in, your nor- in, in a 
effective posture, uh, you're going to have issues, right? So that maybe that learned posture uh, affects the way you breathe and move through the world, right? So because that person is constantly stooped, they receive uh, less than optimal air supply at the minimum, which uh, may give them a constant sense of low-level anxiety because they're not, they're not breathing. They're not fully breathing, right? So uh, that low-level anxiety can translate into more self-conscious as well, uh, as, well as a more self-consciousness as well as uh, underachieving because, or again, that posture reminds that person to fit in and subconsciously uh, affects productivity. So essentially, uh, not only that posture lead to low-level anxiety, but it also will lead to uh, underperforming, right? Because that under, or underachieving, because uh, that person that is trying to fit in is going to purposefully or subconsciously, who knows, uh, more likely subconsciously, will underperform so as as to try to fit in with their in crowd. Uh, So, but that's, that's not the only thing, right? That's, that's like the emotional and the outcomes of, you know, that's the, well, that's the physical, right? The physical is the, uh, the low level anxiety or or the physical is the, the lack of breathing, right? You know, like you're not going to breathe as well, which leads to low level anxiety, uh, which leads to underperforming. So that's kind of like the cycle, uh, of, or that, that, or that timeline, I guess, along the way of like the thought as it manifests into your, into your body and that manifests into your, your life. Uh, but, uh, that's not the only thing, you know, they can also physically actually just physically manifest and you can develop compensation. So yes, you, like, like I said, you can have that not breathing well or not optimally breathing that can cause low level anxiety because you're not getting the optimal amount of optimal amount of oxygen. But, but also, uh, you have that other side of this uh, timeline, which actually can turn into a cycle and that same posture can manifest not because of height, but think about this one. This posture could be because of developing at a young age. Now, this is something that actually I have a few female clients and I've had female clients in the past uh, that have had this issue. And if you're a female listening to this, this might be your issue as well. Uh, so I've had female clients that are they're actually learning how to overcome these uh, compensations uh, due to their, propensi- pro- their propensity when they're younger to try to hide their chest. So again, we're like talking about like the puberty time, like the time when you're trying to maybe fit in. In another way, you might be if if you're too tall, that's one way to fit in. Maybe if you are uh, if you developed early uh, through puberty, maybe you might be trying to fit in in that way. Uh, again, like uh, uh, a lot of these women that did tend to develop early uh, have this issue uh, with breathing into their neck. So they don't really breathe into their chest or their torso uh, because they are trying to essentially, I mean, they're not trying to, uh, but that is their learned posture. You know, sometimes you have these learned behaviors, you have learned postures. And that learned posture is essentially, uh, instead of... uh, 
instead of breathing in through your torso, you're they 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 pull the breath down into their neck and shoulders. So essentially, what happens is that because you have to breathe, right? I mean, you can't go without breathing. Uh, instead of uh, expanding their chest cavity, right? Expanding their chest cavity, breathing through their chest, uh, breathing through their belly, breathing out through the sides, right? Essentially, just getting trying to get bigger through the torso. Uh, they instead pretty much don't move the torso at all. And all the breathing happens in the neck and shoulders. Now you can imagine if you have all your breathing in your neck and shoulders, how that can affect your back, right? I mean, your upper back is going to be exhausted because all all the work is being done by your shoulders. Your upper back is going to be exhausted and you're going to always have stress and pain in your neck. You're going to have always have pain in your neck and back. And yeah, obviously you might be stressed because you're experiencing this pain, right? Uh, You might have uh, pain in your lower back uh, because you just don't have anything to, because your neck and shoulders are so tired, uh, that's doing all the supporting of your body. And because you're not creating any intra-abdominal uh, pressure by breathing, right? Breathing in your torso, uh, you have these lower back issues uh, because you're pretty much just like a, a bag, you know, your torso being a bag that has like no uh, air going into it, right? Pretty much like a, a floppy bag that is the support system for the head and neck that are doing all the work, right? So it's supposed to be the other way. Like you're supposed to be that the support system is in your torso and by inter, by creating that interabdominal pressure, inhaling and exhaling, your neck and shoulders can kind of uh, sit on top of there and respond to that. But ha- but if you are not breathing through your chest and you're not inhaling and exhaling uh, through through your, your chest and diaphragm, well, then your neck and shoulders are going to do all the supporting of your torso. So think about that, right? Your torso is a lot and your neck and shoulders is not a lot. So you can imagine how that can translate into, you know, some compensations and to you know, potential injuries. So uh, (laughs) this is an interesting, uh, I think it was an interesting look at like how the body and the mind work together. Uh, But I think it is worthy of consideration uh, to think about like how our bodies and our minds do connect. I mean, like between, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do to connect our mind and body. There's like, you know, yoga, there's uh, mindfulness, uh, meditation. You know, meditation is an interesting thing because in meditation, in a lot of senses, not all the sense, not all the time, but a lot of times when you're practicing meditation, you're practicing um, feeling your body, feeling your emotions, and feeling uh, how you respond, how your your internal environment responds to the external re- environment, and how you can, re- in turn kind of change your response um, internally, simply, you know, like internally by like your body wise, not necessarily like changing your hormones and stuff like that, but changing your body uh, internally by, you know, using your breath. But the thing is that like uh, with that meditation, though, sometimes if you have trauma, 
it may not be the best thing to do, you know, because if you have like serious trauma with meditation, you're supposed to sit with your thoughts and you're supposed to analyze your thoughts and think about how your internal is influenced by the external and vice versa. And like that cycle. Uh, but if you have something that is like a trauma, it's going to be it's going to kind of stick and it's going to affect the way you are moving through that, not necessarily moving because when you meditate, you're not necessarily moving, but it affects how you are moving mentally through that process of, of like being totally cluttered with the external environment and being aligned with your thoughts. So uh, just a kind of a, advisory if you will like if you have had any traumatic response or have had any you know serious i don't even know if you can say like serious trauma or not but if you have anything that is traumatic and traumatic being something that has happened to you over 18 months ago that is still uh currently affecting you um, either emotionally or physically uh then it's probably best that uh, when you are practicing meditation, uh, maybe you have a trained professional or, you know, at least try to do it gently, you know, try to do it easily, ease your way into it rather than just trying to go all out and just, you know, taking your your th your thoughts on head on because, you know, trauma is trauma for a reason. And even though, you know, it may not seem like a lot if you do feel some type of uh, serious emotional response to your thoughts. Uh, it's, you know, there's no shame in backing off and revisiting those issues later. So that's just something that, you know, I wanted to throw in there as, you know, to go along with uh, this brain body uh, connection. Because I do believe that there is a brain body connection. Uh, to what extent are we, uh, are we, curing cancer or are we uh, initiating the cancer cells with our thoughts i don't know about that uh, but what we can say is that there are certain postures uh, that are pretty much uh, synonymous with uh, behaviors we find that not only uh, do you do you have to strengthen uh, you know like you would by lifting weights uh, but you also have to acknowledge that they're there, you know, like, uh, you have to kind of like I was talking about when I was, when I, uh, met with the, uh, the, the chiropractor last week, when I was talking about that, it, it's, it's not a matter of just like fixing things. It's a matter of being aware, uh, you know, you get strong all you want to, but if you're not aware of what is actually the root of the, of, of the issue, uh, then you're really not doing yourself a, a service at all. It's a, you know, it's a disservice. So, yeah, I mean, not only should you be strong, should you work on, you know, thinking positive overall or being a, uh, a at least having gratitude. Uh, but on top of that, you know, that's just like your workout. Uh, but, you know, the working, the, the, the actual recovery, right? You know, like, because after a workout, there's always a recovery. You have to get a little bit more uh, nuanced and get in there and, you know, you know, with the, you know, maybe the meditations or the mindfulness, but, you know, get into your thoughts and know how those are actually affecting your posture and how your posture is being 
uh, is is maybe uh, being in a, an effect to other parts of your life because you know you could have vicious cycles going on and all around you and you have no idea why until you actually look into those depths and find out oh this my body's doing this and this is actually causing these, these separate things in my life uh, so I mean there's a, there's a lot of experts uh, that are studying these types of things right now uh, so it's not necessarily something that is like mastered by anybody. There's like a lot of theories and stuff. Uh, but I, I encourage you to explore it on your own. You know, like it's, you know, the, <laughs> there's no real uh, uh, law on this. You know, there's no real like uh, we, you know, there's nobody that says like this is the thing. So it's all kind of like part of your own, you know, spiritual journey, if you will. Uh, but I, I do think that if you are having some issues, you know, physically, emotionally uh, or combination thereof uh, it's worth it to just look inside and find out what the thoughts are actually bringing to the surface all right so yeah that does it for my day that was a interesting uh, delve into the emotional and uh, physical aspects of our health so uh, again i would encourage you to look into that if you want to check it out the book again is called uh, your body is your brain, and that is by Amanda Blake. All right, so I will check you later. I do appreciate you listening. If you did enjoy this, feel free to uh, leave a rating, a review, let people know how you feel about this. Also, uh, share it. You know, tell tell your friends. Uh, I don't. You know, I'm not charging anything for these episodes. Uh, just just free for you to listen in and listen to my musings and ponderings on uh, life, health, and fitness. So. Yeah, share it, let people know, and of course, subscribe if you haven't already so you can be updated and notified when the next episode comes out. All right, take care. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep good company.